Amen. 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 All right. Kiddos, you guys want to be dismissed there? Good to have kids in church today. Praise the Lord. And big kids, yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. Was she getting at you? Hell yeah. I guess, yeah. <laughs> I like my toys, so I don't know if you consider that to be a kid or what. So, anyhow. All right. Well, there was a frugal um, Lutheran walked into a house painting, panting, almost completely exhausted. What happened? They inquired his wife. It's a great new idea. I have to be a better steward of God's resources, he gasped. I ran all the way home from the stewardship committee meeting behind the bus and saved a dollar and a half. That's very bright, replied his flustered wife. Why didn't you run behind the taxi and save ten dollars? <laughs> Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. <laughs> Thank God for wives. Amen. <laughs> <laughs> Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. Praise God. All right. We've been on our, our, our series here. Let freedom reign. I think we've got part three today. I'm not sure if I got part three on our deal up there or not, but today, huh? Yeah, we did part two last week, but this is actually part three. So you want to cross out two and put three on your notes up there. This is part three. And so it's a story there with the children of Israel. Uh, condition determines conduct. Until interrupted by an external force. Condition determines conduct until interrupted by an external force. And so we have a story here today about the children of Israel. We'll talk about that. And then we have a story in Acts chapter 19, which we'll talk about that as well. Page 1038 in your Bibles, if you want to be turned in there. We're going to look at that here in just a minute. And we're going to discover that, you know, there, there were riots Back in the olden days, there were riots after Jesus was raised from the dead. There were riots and confusion and, and uh, things taking place throughout the whole town back in that day. Much like today. So what we're facing today is nothing new. What we're facing today in society is not a new problem. It's been around for ages to ages and ages. Amen? So what we're facing today is not at all new at all. It's not. Um, and, and the same solution that got society and got people where they needed to be back then is uh, the same solution is available to us today. And it's the solution that will get society and, and uh, things corrected for the Lord Jesus today. So we can take what they did back then and we can use it today. Now, we've got a lot of material to go through today. So hopefully we get to Acts chapter 18 there as well. But uh, let's go ahead and get started here this morning with Numbers chapter uh, 14, verse 22. Condition determines conduct until interrupted by an external force. Here we have the children of Israel in Numbers chapter 14, verse 22. I swear that none of these Israelites will enter into the land I promised them to give their ancestors. Those people have seen my power in Egypt and in the desert, but they will never see Canaan. They have disobeyed me and tested me too many times. So here we have a passage of scripture, and it is God speaking. God said, these people uh, will not enter the promised land that I promised to them. They will not enter that land. The, prom that, that land promise, the promise of that land was a land flowing with milk and honey. The promise of that land was peace with God. The promise of that land was a peaceful, quiet land and one that uh, raised godly offspring. 
Right? He says here, uh, These people have seen my power in Egypt and in the desert, but they will never see Canaan. They have disobeyed me and tested me too many times. Now, who did what here? God gave them the promise. God told them, go take the land. He said, you go possess the land. And he gave them the power to do it. Because if you read on into that story, uh, the people that weren't in the desert, the people that lived on the other side of the Jordan, they seen the cloud by day. They seen the fire by night. They seen that. And they said, this is God's people. And if they ever come at us, they were scared. They're going to take over. But they believed the report of the, the evil report of the, the ten spies that said there's no way. These people are like grasshoppers. There's no way we can ever take this land. There's no way uh, that we can do this. They, they didn't believe Joshua and Caleb's report. Joshua and Caleb's report was we can, we're well able. Let's go take the land right now. Let's go do it. We can do that. We can take it in. Go in and take the land. Right? But because these people made a choice in and of themselves, God did not didn't put it on their hearts. Because he said here, they made the choice to disobey me. They made the choice. God gave them the ability to take the land. But they tested him too many times in this passage of scripture. Can you see that? God said, because you have disobeyed and because you have tested me too many times, you have, you have done this, uh, you won't possess the land. He said that. Can you all see that? You can see that in this passage of scripture that it was God that said he gave them the ability to take the land. He gave them the ability to possess the land. And he gave them that ability. He said, go take it. It was a 13 day trip from Egypt to the promised land. They wandered around for 40 days, 40 years. I mean, <laughs> right? God said, after 40 days, I better get some kind of structure here. I better get some kind of organization here. And there was a Pentecost happened there, you know. And, and Moses got all the instructions. Deuteronomy numbers. Read that. That's what Moses got up there. And that's what they lived by for the next 40 years. And on thereafter until Jesus came. Jesus fulfilled all those laws. So they had to have something external to live by, uh, you know. And they did that. So they, they just reasoned out uh, the laws. And, you know, and if you committed adultery back then, uh, what happened to you? You got it. You got stoned. They didn't want to touch you. You either got stoned or thrown off a cliff, right? Okay, so it was their choice. They disobeyed the land. So we want to say here too, as we emphasize again, that God is sovereign. That God is, uh, in, in a way, he, he knows everything about everything. He knows it all. And he has provided the right answer. He has provided uh, the right uh, response that we can have as believers. Right? Just because God is, so, he, he, He's everywhere, He knows everything, He's all the time everywhere, He's here today. That does not mean that He is the authority. It doesn't mean He authorizes everything. Otherwise, this scripture, you could take it out and throw it away. Because He said they had a choice. You and I have a choice today, don't we? A choice to obey God or a choice not to obey God. Amen? If we don't realize that today, then we just as well hang it up and go ahead and let whatever be it will be. Otherwise, we're just goofing off, right? But he said we have a choice. God said it there, even in the Old Testament. Hebrews 3.17, our next point. Information doesn't bring transformation. Information 
doesn't necessarily bring transformation. So you and I can know about the things of the Lord. You and I can have that, but until we receive the engrafted word and we begin to do the things and take our action according to God's word, then that God's word becomes engrafted into our souls and our spirits and we conduct ourselves according to the way God has designed for us to do it. Amen? That's when we, that's when it brings transformation. That's when transformation happens. I don't know anybody that's a believer that got transformed any other way than receiving the engrafted word of God. Amen. So we can see this, uh, Hebrews 3.17. Who were the people that made God angry for 40 years? So was God mad at the people of Israel from running around the desert for 40 years or not? He was. God said, Hebrews 3.17 says, Who were the people that made God angry for 40 years? Weren't they the ones that sinned and died in the desert? And who did God say would never enter that place of rest? Weren't they the ones that, that disobeyed Him? Amen. <laughs> Amen. I can't take that verse of Scripture out. It, it's God. He said He was mad at them. Why was He mad at them? <laughs> 13 day journey and you're taking 40 years. Was it, did, did he kill them? Did he, did he do that? No, old age, they died of old age. Yeah, he took, he, he gave them manna and quail every day. See, you don't want the promise that and you don't like milk and honey. Hey, here's some quail. <laughs> right? <laughs> he still took care of them. He still didn't belittle them. He still didn't do that. But he was mad at them. Right? <laughs> They said, well, you don't want the land flowing with milk and honey? Uh, let's see what the government can do for you. <laughs> you, don't want, you don't want to go possess the land? Let, you know, let's just have a little more socialism. That'll take care of things, right? Today's society, you don't want to go take the land. You don't know that God's placed the gifts, talents, and, and plans and purposes in your heart. If you're ignorant of that fact, uh, you'll just, you know, let whatever will be will be. I'll just let the government take care of me in some way. This thing will all work out and it'll all be this and that, right? No, no, no. God said, I place gifts and talents in the believer. I place gifts and talents on every person that is on the face of the planet. And they can use those gifts and talents to either bring honor, to glo honor and glory to God or they can't. That choice. It's a choice. You and I have a choice in the matter. Amen. We have a choice to do things God's way or we have a choice to just let be whatever will be. He says, who were the people that made God angry for 40 years? He gives us the answer. Weren't they the ones that sinned and, the, and died in the desert? And who did God say would never enter the place of rest? Weren't they the ones that disobeyed him? So I can say this. If you have any other gods before you, if you have any other gods before you, and you're not dependent wholly and completely on God, you got another God before you. You're dependent on somebody else. Now, thank God for discipleship. Thank God for motherhood. Thank God for fatherhood. Thank God that we have parents that we depend on for a certain period of time, right? Thank God that we have that. And, and, and parents that raise children to be godly people and to raise children to do that. And, and then we teach them to depend on God like we depended on God. Amen. Isn't that right? And then we, don't, we, don't want, we don't want to live vicariously through our children either. That's wrong. We don't want to live that. We don't want, we don't want to do that. We want them to recognize they are created in God's image. And God has placed gifts and talents in that child. And we want to help that develop. We want to stir that to its highest potential. That's one of Antelope Valley's uh, faith deals, right? 
We want to recognize gifts and talents. And if we fail to do that, uh, you know, guess what? We haven't entered the promised land. Right? So now um, you say that's not too much, uh, you know, even a big deal in today's society. Let's go. Let's go first and read Acts chapter 19 before I go there. Let's go read chapter chapter 19, verse 23. Acts chapter 19, verse 23. Let's read this story here and pick it apart just a little bit. Acts chapter 19, verses 23. We'll see how far we get. Here we have a story in Ephesus. And the reason I want to start at this particular place in our message today is because they had a problem. The city was in unrest. There was confusion. There was chaos. There was disturbance. There was um, things taking place here. And let's look at what's happening here at the, in the riot there in Ephesus, verse 23 in Acts chapter 19. About that time, no little disturbance broke out concerning the way. In other words, this is the way to Christ. Christ is the way. A man named Demetrius, the silversmith, who made silver shrines of Artemis, brought no little business to the artisans. This he gathered together with workers of the same trade and said, Men, you know that we get our wealth from this business. Let's just stop right there for a minute. So here we have a riot taking place, and we can see what the riot's about. This riot is taking place because... Uh, a man named Demetrius, a silversmith, verse 24, made silver shrines of Artemis, the goddess Artemis, which was a subsidiary or, uh, you know, a, 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 a child of uh, the goddess Diana back there in the other part of the country. She was a goddess. Brought no little business to the artisans. These he gathered with the workers of the same trade and said, men, you know, uh, we get our wealth from this business. So here they were. They were making trinkets. They were making uh, demonic things. How many of you have ever studied the goddess Artemis? Know what that's about. How about, how about uh, the goddess Diana? Well, these goddesses were, um, if you read the story about Artemis, she was a, a goddess that fell out of the sky. But before that, she was born to uh, her mother there, and, and she had a twin brother. And, and uh, this Artemis, the goddess Artemis, she was born first. And so she was born, and her mother put her in her crib there for one night. And, and the next morning, uh, guess what? Apollos was her twin brother. And uh, she went and helped deliver Apollos after she was born and, and that. And then all of a sudden, this, this goddess Artemis fell out of the sky. Oh, majestic, you know. Artemis, she fell out of the sky and she was a great hunter. She was uh, the goddess of fertility. And she was the goddess of, uh, she was like a handmaiden back then. When a child was born, Artemis was there to guide that child and to take that child. How I many of you can see that this is still alive today? This God is still alive today. This God says today, uh, you know, um, let's see here, you know, uh, Planned Parenthood, for in other words, is kind of this goddess. Let's just, you know, uh, we can make a choice what, what to do with that child when that child's born or even before it's born. We can make a choice to do whatever we want to with that child. That's part of this same thing. Part of the same thing is fertility God. How many of you know Planned Parenthood is a big business? Great big business today. 
Huge business. Makes a lot of money. Government funded. Amen? But thank God we're not going to have it in the church. Amen? So it's the same type of God. This is saying, this is that's what they're saying. The silversmith. They just did a little more discreetly back then. All right. Now, let me just stop right here. Maybe you are, have, or know someone that's had that experience, had an abortion. I want to tell you something. There is no condemnation coming from James. There is no condemnation. You and I can deal with that situation. Maybe we uh, haven't completely dealt with it. If you're still carrying shame and guilt from that, and you've asked for forgiveness, um, let me tell you, God's not condemning you, and he's not giving you shame. Amen. He's not. That may come from unresolved issues, and that may come from uh, not having completely worked through the issues. And I want to tell you something. My heart goes out to someone that has had that. My heart goes out to that. My heart goes out to Am I condemning those people? Not at all. Am I saying it's wrong? Yes. Am I saying there's something you and I can do about it? Yes. Why? Because we have a document in the Antelope Valley Church that says, we're going to respect you right where you are. Anything that you've done up to this point, we're going to respect that. And we're going to give you that way. But we're also going to provide avenues of spiritual growth. In other words, to get through that. Amen? Amen. We don't want to leave people where they are. We don't want to leave people and, and people that have been through this terrible act and the guilt that they feel afterwards and things. Let me tell you something. There is a way to deal with the guilt and the shame. Amen? So many times we get rid of the guilt. But so many times we, we still have the shame there. And that, and that, that, that it affects our relationship with Christ. I'll just put it to you that way. Okay? So... I don't want to demean that at all. My heart goes out to people that have had uh, these things take place in their life. My heart is to help people come through that and to help folks get rid of guilt and get rid of shame. That's my heart. So don't go away from here and say, well, James just don't like people that had divorced. That's not the case. James just don't like people that had abortion. Or, or if you believe in abortion. No, that's not it at all. I, my heart goes out to people that have had this event take place in their life. And I know there's a better way. And so did Paul. And that's what happened in Ephesus. So we have a riot taking place here because of the, garden, the, 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 the goddess Artemis. Uh, she's being uh, challenged just a little bit. Let's go ahead and read this story. All right. So let's drop down to verse, uh, let's see here, 25. They gathered together with workers of the same trade and said, Men, you know that we get our wealth from this business. You also see and hear that not only in Ephesus, but in almost the whole state of Asia, this Paul has persuaded and drawn away considerable number of people by saying that gods made with hands are not gods. <laughs> There's the problem. See, we got the same problem today. If you put some other God ahead of you today, that God is not, that doesn't agree with God, guess what you've done? You made your own God. Could have even made yourself a God and said, I'm going to take matters into my own hand, forget about what God said. And, Amen. Right? He says, this man, Paul, he's drawing people away by saying that God's made with hands are not God's. So, when we take a, take a young person that's born, and we say, I can do with that life what I want to do with it. I can take that life out of that womb prematurely. I can do what I want to do with it. 
What are you doing? You're making yourself a God. You're putting yourself under that. And I, once again, there is no condemnation. There is no uh, that at all. My heart is to let's make a place to where we can get restoration. Let's make a place to where we can be restored. And let's make a place to line our thoughts up with what God says about the situation. Because until we do that, guess where we're at? We're still out in the desert. And you and I cannot enter the promised land with that guilt and that condemnation upon us. Amen. And there is danger, he says there in verse 27, not only that this trade of ours may become in disrupt, but also that the temple of the great goddess Artemis will be scorned and she will be deprived of her majesty that brought all Asia and the world to worship her. <laughs> Amen. Now, if you listen to the government today, you and I are being forced to worship Planned Parenthood. If you have, if you have um, health care insurance with certain groups, which I do, I can't help it. I've got health insurance. You are forced to, to uh, part of that money is diverted over to Planned Parenthood. Thank God that's changing. Amen? Thank God that's changing. Praise God. So... We can see here that this is a topic that you and I as the church have to talk about. Amen? We got to talk about it. When they heard this, they were enraged. Now look at the crowd. <laughs> you don't want to know what the riots are about today? The nuclear family. You don't want to know why, why people are, are, are doing things the way they're doing and writing things on streets that they're writing? Because they hate the nuclear family. They want to go, let's do whatever we want to do. Let's go uh, be, sleep with whoever we want to sleep with. If we want to have that baby, fine. If we don't, hey, the taxpayers, they'll take care of that thing for us. Mm -hmm. Amen. When they heard this, they were enraged. Anybody see any rage today? <laughs> you watch the front page news to anybody? Little rage taking place. Right? Why? Threat. They're threatened. They're threatened by their schemes and they're threatened by their deception. They're threatened by it. And who are they threatened by it by? The church that's standing up against them. Amen? That's who's threatening them. But I'm looking at a group of here of people. We're on the ones that our heart is to gain them. Our heart is to have a transformation in their heart. We want to pray about this. We want to take this thing to the throne of God and say, this is not right. That person has not received uh, the things of the Lord. We want to pray that you will open the eyes of their understanding, that they will know the hope which you have called them, God. We strip the enemy from, his, from their minds. That's what we're doing. That's where we're headed. Amen. Amen. Come on. I'm going to tell you, this is where we're at, church. <laughs> uh -huh. Amen. And you say, well, oh, no, this is not taking place here. None of this happens around, you know, Oklahoma. This, this, you know, this, we don't have any of that going on here. Yes, we do. Yes. That just don't happen here, right? The city was filled with confusion. Verse 29. <laughs> Anybody see any confusion lately? <laughs> huh? Verse 29, Acts, Acts chapter 19. The city was filled with confusion. 
Um, the people rushed together to the theater, dragging them, Gaius, Artemis, the Macedonian, who were Paul, travel companion, Paul wished him to go. All right, so here they go, going public, taking their confusion to the public, going to, you know, pay, give our senators and those, pay them off. Here's what we're for. Take care of us. Right? Now, all right, so now, I want I don't know if I should even go here. Paula says no. <laughs> so what about today? You've got the same time. What about today in city government? What about today in Garfield County? I'm kind of shaking in my shoes a little bit here. What about today? Have we struggled? Have we staggered and we've strayed so far? I'm not talking about Antelope Valley Church and those sitting here necessarily. I'm talking about those in government leadership, in city government and things there. Why, 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 why are these things taking place? Did anybody get the Enid newspaper this week at all? Did you see the front page news in Enid? Under her wings was the universe. Anybody see that at all? Under her wings was the universe. See? We say it's not happening in Oklahoma. It is happening. Under her wings was the universe. Artists, Romeo has designed this thing. You know what it is? It's spiritual humanism. Secular humanism. You know how I know? I've been sending her emails, talking to her, locating her. Why are you thinking this way? What inspired this? Talking to her one-on-one. And lately, the emails have been getting a little further apart because I'm hitting a little further close to home. Why am I doing this? Why am I talking about this? Why, why even bring this up? You know what my heart is about this? My heart is to locate her and to win her to the Lord. How do I know she's lost? Because of things she says. Amen? Amen. So, that's secularism. This taking place, and it is now art at the city gate in our county. It's, 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 it's new ageism. It's universalism. It's there is no God. <laughs> It's it, that's what it is. So you can go under here. You you just you know you can go under this thing and you can experience the magic. Oh yeah, she said. I asked her a question. I said, "What inspired this? What inspired the the you know under her wings was the universe?" And it sounds real good. It sounds real good. I said, "Well, you know, when my mother passed away and and and, and we you know." There was no other. I really cherished her and I really, you know, which is fine. That's good. We need to cherish our moms. Amen. But she said, um, when I looked to the stars, there were no stars in Enid. There no place there. There was no stars in the night sky. And so I didn't want anybody else to go through that. I know that other people experience mothers passing away. 
You know, in their uh, sickness and disease that comes along. And I didn't want anybody else in Garfield County to experience uh, no stars in the sky. So I put 1,152 stars in under, his, under her wings was the universe. I put them there so there would always be stars in Enid, Oklahoma. People could go there and they could see stars there and just experience the magic. And other places that I see and do a little investigation and things. Oh, you know, I can, I can sit here and I can experience the uh, energy of my mom. How many of you know what that is? That's familiar spirits. That's sorcery. That's witchcraft. Because Saul said, uh, go, go consult with uh, uh, Samuel's spirit to the sorcerer, he told him. Go consult with that uh, sorcerer over there and, and, and tell me what Saul, uh, Samuel's saying. How many of you have ever read that story? Familiar with that in the Bible? Never, never read it? It's there. I, can, I just don't have the reference for it. And God said, don't do that. He said, that's uh, uh, divination. That's witchcraft. That's, that's familiar spirits. You're dealing with familiar spirits. Now, thank God we have things and memories of our mom. Thank God we have that. Thank God we have those. But my mom does no longer dictate my action. I'm not consulting with mom. I'm not doing what mom would do now. As a grown believer, as a person in Jesus Christ, I'm doing what Jesus would do. To the best of my knowledge. Amen? Once again, am I condemning this uh, person in and of herself? No. My heart cries out for this person. My heart goes out to this person. Why? Because I know she's living under deception. Because she is being deceived and she's deceiving others. And my heart goes out to her. And I'm reaching out to this person not to criticize or condemn her at all. My, my, my point is to reach into her heart and to teach and to look for the opportunity to find a place to insert Jesus. If that's my intention. That's my intent. That's why I take the action that I do in doing this. So, can you see? The main point in seeing this, and the main point of saying this, so that you are aware. <laughs> Amen? Amen? Now, thank God that I don't have to be scared of this. Thank God that my Christ is a whole lot bigger than any of this at all. And thank God this thing cannot rule in my life and it cannot rule in yours. Amen? And thank God I know the difference and I don't have to go participate in it. Amen. And you think it's just her being deceived. It's not. She had a whole bunch of donors. You've seen it, didn't you? You guys can look at it. A whole bunch of donors said, yeah, we're into that. Let's go. Let's do it. Make it, make it look real nice. <laughs> so why am I saying that? I'm saying that to say this. You and I are in a struggle. And you and I are in a fight. And if you and I realize that this is a strategy of the enemy, guess what? The first thing that we can do, we can be aware of it, in, in number one. And we can react like Paul reacted. Let's look at, at the beginning of this riot that was taking place in Ephesus. What caused the riot in Ephesus? Anybody want to know? One person. <laughs> Tracy says, yeah, let me know. Praise God. Amen. 
You don't want to know what caused the riot in Ephesus? Let's go look and see what caused the riot in Ephesus because I want to know. Now, I'm not going out to start a riot, praise God, and I'm not going out uh, to start a fight, but I'm going to look for a person that needs Jesus. Amen? And I'm going to live my life according to that. Let's look at it here. The beginning of community transformation. Now, before I look at this, this passage of Scripture, I went onto the onto a Facebook page. Guess what I found? I found something that said this has to do with social transformation. If we can just get people to come look at this and if we can just get people to participate in this not have any real truth at all, no moral standard, uh, no origin where we came from, uh, no moral standard to live by. If we can just have that and not have any of that, we'll have social transformation. Huh. You know what I realized? Social transformation takes place one heart at a time. Social transformation takes place one heart at a time, and it begins with me. And then I look, and I am discernment on things and the way things, God does things. Amen? So the beginning of community transformation, verse Acts 18, verse 24. Here's the beginning of the riot right here. A Jewish man named Apollos came to Ephesus. Apollos had been born in the city of Alexandria. That means Egypt. He was a very good speaker and knew a lot about the scriptures. There's the beginning of city transformation. There's the beginning of social transformation. Amen? Here we can see. Here's the beginning. He knew a lot about the scripture. <laughs> Praise God. Amen. This guy, Apollos, knew a lot about the scriptures. He was converted. Let's go on. Uh, Acts chapter 18, verse 25. Point B, he knew, he spoke with excitement, taught right doctrine, and didn't know it all. <laughs> How about that for a mouthful? Huh? So, let's look at that first point. He knew. How many of you know anything at all about the scripture? <laughs> Amen. Come on and you're willing to admit it. Let's say it that way. In church. <laughs> You know anything at all about the scripture. You want, you're not afraid to admit it in church. <laughs> all right. Some are agreeing by raising their hands. Some are saying yes. Okay. I'll take that agreement. Everybody's agreeing. Yes. Amen. All right. What do you know about the scriptures? Do you know that in the scripture you must confess Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior? Yes. Do you know that you are a sinner born in the earth? You know that, right? Yes. You know that. So if you know that, you've experienced that. Now guess what? You and I have to become articulate at speaking that. Because we know the truth. Let's go on here. He also knew much about the Lord's way. And he spoke about it with great excitement. What he taught about Jesus was right. But all he knew was John's message about the baptism. That's all he knew. So, if all you and I ever know is the salvation message, let her rip. You can start a riot. See? Amen. <laughs> right? You don't have to get involved in all this other stuff. Hey, you know what? Here's what Jesus did in my life. I once was headed down this road apart from Christ, didn't know Christ at all. And all of a sudden, someone came along to me and said, you know what? You're headed down the wrong road. 
what you're headed for, you know, you're going to lead to destruction. And, if, you know, here, here's, here's what happened to, to my life. And, and, and if you'll just ask Jesus to come into your life and forgive you for your sins, he'll cleanse you from all unrighteousness. He'll make you right with God. And here we go. Amen. This message will start a riot. <laughs> Amen. Morning. Praise God. <laughs> Amen. Amen. He says. There he says it. Acts of 18.25. He also knew much about the Lord's way. He spoke about it with great excitement. What he taught about Jesus was right. But all he knew was John's baptism about John's baptism. How many of you know about John's baptism? Can you defend it? Can you say to someone, Amen? You See, this could start a riot. <laughs> it is starting a riot. That's why people are rioting today. Amen? Come on. Should we just hang right here for a minute? <laughs> First point, the start of the riot. He knew a little bit, a little bit about Jesus. All he knew was John's baptism, though. He spoke about it. He talked about it. He believed it. He did it with enthusiasm. Right? You say he was well-educated. Well, he was probably. All right. Let's go at point C. Acts 18.26. Apollo started speaking bravely in the Jewish meeting place. But when Priscilla and Aquila heard him, they took him to their home and helped him understand God's way even better. There you have small groups in people's homes. There it is. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> right? I know, but pastor's got to do it, right? John's baptism. John's message. Baptism. The message about baptism. Yeah. His message, yeah. not his baptism. His message about the baptism. Did I say baptism? Okay. Message about the baptism? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, message about... He, all he knew was the message about John's baptism. Say it that way, you might say. John's baptism. John's baptism, yeah. That's all he knew. That's all this guy knew. So he didn't even know about Christ's baptism. Didn't know about Christ's baptism yet. He was preaching the way, you know, of John the Baptist. But guess what happened? That was the beginning. This planted the seed for the riot. This was making the way for Paul to come in. Recognize a group of believers. Let's look at it. While, while Apollos was in Corinth, Paul traveled across the hill current in Ephesus. Acts 19.1 in Ephesus where he met some of the Lord's followers. See that? There were some of the Lord's followers here. Now, let's look at two. The key to ministering transformation is discern the condition of the person. You want to minister transformation to someone? Discern the condition of the person. How do you discern the condition of the person? Asking questions. Being con sincerely concerned. Being, uh, having a heart to win that person to the Lord. 
loving your salvation so much that you see someone that is not living the salvation message, you have a message. Here it is. Amen. He asked them in verse 2. He asked them, when you put your faith in Jesus, were you given the Holy Spirit? No, they answered. We have not heard of the Holy Spirit. Did they, did Paul locate the followers of Christ? Did he locate them? Did he say, have you received the Holy Spirit since you believed? Paul said that, didn't he? He asked them a question. You and I, when we have relationships with other folks, and we come in contact with other folks, we can ask questions. Like I'm doing here with this Romy, right? Asking questions, locating this person. Why? Because I want my church to be aware of it. Why? Because I want my church, that's the number one key. I want you to be aware of what's taking place. Number one. I don't want you to be led astray by deception. I don't want you to be led astray by uh, all this magical theology and this non-atheistic world that we're living in. Because it's very easy to do that. Very easy. The, the, the enemy is deceptive. And here's how he works. By doing these things right in front of us. That's how he works right there. That's the entryway to new age. That's the entryway to it. Amen? We can't be ignorant of the enemy's devices, the Bible says. Amen? So, who's with me? Praise God. We love Jesus. We love the salvation message. We love that our sins are forgiven. We love that we have peace with God. We love that God is our Father. We love that the Holy Spirit dwells inside of us. Amen? We love that. We want that to be resident. That is our message. Amen? Amen. See, and this brings true transformation to society then. Because how I many of you know it's been tried every way? They were doing it this way, and the people were being deceived. This great Artemis, the goddess of, you know, fertility, and the goddess of uh, the handmaiden goddess, the goddess that goes out there and she's a, you know, kills these big stag deer with a bow and arrow and brings them in and demoralizes the man. That's what's taking place. Uh, what's taking place? So, what about today? We can see it in the front news right there. So you and I, got, we got a lot of work to do. Amen. <laughs> we got lots of work to do. Praise God for the challenge. Amen. We're not going to stay out in the desert. We got the fire. We got the, we got the fire. We got something. Anyhow, we got the Word of God. We got His truth. We know where we came from. We know we are created in God's image. We know for sure that uh, He is the moral standard. God created the moral standard. And we set by that moral standard. Amen. See that? That's basic. That's basic doctrine. If you just believe that God, you know, puts things on you that don't line up with the word, you have nothing to fight with. You just believe it already. God just, you know, whatever will be, will be. Right? I don't buy that. We say, well, the end's coming. You know, the rapture's going to happen. Yeah, but what about that person that don't know Jesus? Do you care about them? See? Not caving in to the stuff. I'm going to minister to the heart. I'm going to get the heart. I'm going to get the right thing. I'm going to speak the right truth. I'm going to speak truth in love. <laughs> and smile real big while I'm doing it. <laughs> oh, God loves you so much. 
Do you realize how much God loves you? Do you realize that all that God created you in His image? Do you realize that on the first day God created every man, every son, every daughter in His image? Do you realize that at all? I'm going to speak that. I'm going to talk that. You are created in His image. You've got gifts and talents that God placed in you. And if you'll just hook up with Him, He'll manifest those things and expand those things so large that, you know, other people are going to want the same thing. Do you realize that at all? Do you believe that? Do you know that? Did you know that? See, if the enemy can take that one basic scripture, and if he can take that and twist it, if he can take that and say, you know, uh, you, you, just, you can just do whatever you want with a human life. You can just treat human beings however you want to treat them. You can just do whatever you want to with them, you know. No. Every single person on the planet Earth is created in God's image. I don't care what kind of color you got. I don't care what kind of language you speak. You're created in God's image. Amen. Because we're all descendants of Adam. But see, does that mean that I'm living for God? Well, the children of Israel, did they have the promise? They had the promise. Did they possess the land? No. Why? Because they didn't obey God. They made God mad. <laughs> Amen. So when the time of the miraculous has passed, guess what we got to have now? We got to have the working of miracles. See? And, and if we don't want to work the miracles, uh, we're just going to fizzle and wait for the glory cloud. But see, we're in a Joshua and Caleb error now. We're in a Joshua and Caleb. We done had the fire fell. We done had all that. Praise God for it. Amen. It was good. But now we've got to have the word, we've got to have the spirit, we've got to have the anointing, we've got to have the corporation, we've got to have unity in doctrine, and we're moving forward. And I want to tell you something. You get a group of people like that, we'll take over. Amen? But we got a lot of plowing to do. Praise God. Amen? Come on, I just need 12 or 14 that will stand up and say, Yeah, James. Amen. <laughs> Ah, come on. Praise God. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Listen, I love you and I love God's church and I love God's people and every person on the planet is created in God's image and I want to help them discover that and help them move into their destiny, move into their transformation and transform society, have a transformation, a social transformation on a Christian basis. Origin, destiny, morals and all that come from God's word and we're going to align ourselves with that and sing praise God. Amen? Amen. All right, we'll carry on next week. Freedom reigns. Amen? Amen.